Good morning, church family. Today's scripture reading comes from Matthew 5, 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill can't be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Well, thank you to our leadership, to our Sabbath school teachers, to our VBS uh, crews, uh, to all of you for making this a very special day. If you're visiting with us, we do normally have a sermon. Um, that is normally a part of our worship service, so uh, maybe uh, you've enjoyed this. Come back and get a flavor for what else we do, too. Today it'll be a homily, a brief one. Um, our text this morning was drawn straight out of the Beatitudes in Matthew. And this is this sermon, this set of sayings that is supposed to have been spoken on the hills overlooking Galilee the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee is really a very, very large lake, and we have much larger lakes in the United States. Um, But there is mountain configurations around Galilee that make it possible for the wind to whip in and really create enormous waves. And so we have these stories on Galilee of Jesus walking through the night in a storm or calming the sea and so forth. The Beatitudes are on uh, the hill next to the sea because there were a couple of big cities, relatively big cities at the time of Christ there. One was Capernaum, or we say Capernaum. The ruins are still there. Small stone homes clustered tightly together, uh, places to grow olives and uh, to grow grapes for wine and so forth. And Jesus would have done his teaching somewhere not far from Capernaum there. Cana wasn't far. Tiberias, now it's called Tiberias, would have been a Roman city there that wasn't far. And so there was groups of people that Jesus could draw on. Very picturesque. When it's smooth, it's smooth like glass. There's no tidal flow uh, like with Lake Michigan or Erie or some of the very large lakes in North America there. But um, smooth is glass when it's smooth and very turbulent when it's turbulent. And Jesus is in this picturesque, uh, picturesque setting and he reminds people of something that seems really very obvious and yet is somehow worth his time. And if it's worth Jesus' time, it's worth mine and it's worth yours. And that is that we do not exist to be bland and flavorless. It says that we are to be salt of the earth. Now, in today's world, that means uh, hypertension or high blood pressure. That means uh, a lot of sodium-related problems and illnesses, water retention, puffy feet, uh, you know. But let's be honest, folks. It also means flavor, right? Right? 
How many of you have experienced something other than ordinary Morton's table salt? Only a few of you. Get yourself to a Trader Joe's and buy Trader Joe's kosher flake salt. It's fabulous. Get to Trader Joe's and try the sea salts. Go online and order Franz caramels that have been covered in either dark chocolate or light. Matters not. They're both spectacular. And I'm telling you, spectacular. And they put smoked salts on top of these chocolate caramels. You will curse me and thank me both next time you see me. Please do not take your tithes and offering monies because frans are very expensive. They will eat you out of house and home. But it's worth a sample anyway. Okay, enough for culinary recommendations. In other words, salt can be quite a flavor and adventure all its own. And Jesus says, look, folks, you're salt of the earth. You are the flavor bringers here. You're the ones who bring the zest, the zing. You're the ones who, when added to something, make it more. Green beans are good. Green beans with a little salt are better, right? Most of you would agree with that anyway. Oatmeal is good. Oatmeal with just a pinch of salt is a whole lot better, right? You're kind of going, yeah, 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 I know. Pizza sauce or tomato sauce for pasta is good. Try it without salt. It's not so good. Jesus says... If we lose our saltiness, what happens? What are we good for? It's not good for anything. It just becomes part of the paving. Then he goes to another analogy. Your light of the world, a city on a hill, cannot be hidden. Well, it seems like related and separate things, doesn't it? It doesn't take much on a clear night to see a little tiny beam of light from a fairly great distance. And if you've got a city on a hill and there are windows in the houses of this city, and even if they have the little lamps that were common in the time of Christ, little oil lamps, that candlelight would have been visible from some distance. And when you have lit your candle or your lamp, and are enjoying the light of it, it is amazing, if you've ever been in a dark room, to know how much light one candle brings to an entire room. Quite significant amount of light. Jesus said, you don't light a candle or light a lamp so that it's hidden. You don't light it and then put it under a bowl. Instead, you put it up on a stand and it gives light to everybody. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father who is in heaven. As Seventh-day Adventists, as Christians in general, we are committed to sharing. This means not only sharing in terms of our Sabbath school programs, and giving of ourselves and volunteer time to that. And parents, you're doing uh, so many things in life, and it's 
tough, I know, and we're so grateful you're bringing your kids, but a half hour earlier would make a big difference. It really would, if you can do it. Just, just a thought for you. We want that chance to infuse saltiness into these kids, to let them develop spiritually so that they can become lights on a stand. It's wonderful that we can share with our community and with friends of our kids in a vacation Bible school. And there are hundreds of other ways I could say that we're committed to sharing. In Scripture, we have several different things that uh, kind of mean uh, sharing or have to do with share. One of the most common uses of the word share in Scripture is to have a part in. It means to have a piece of or an ownership of, just like stocks and bonds are shares. We're shareholders today. That word is very much part of the scriptural language. We have a piece of, we participate in. And this in scripture includes all kinds of things. We are shareholders in the death that came through Adam, and we're shareholders in the life that came through Christ. We are shareholders in the righteousness of Christ, in the glory of Christ, We are shareholders in the kingdom that is and is to come. And we're shareholders, if we choose not to be part of that, in death, in the death eternal to come, judgment. We have a share in the gospel. We have a share in the community. We have a share in the Christian community and in the church. This is one of the common meanings there. Another meaning in scripture is often used with the word sharing, and I'll give you a sample of that. It's in Job 31. Job is asking himself why these calamities have come to him, and he's talking to his friends, and he's justifying his life, and he is referring to himself in reference to the law and the standards of the time. Was he a bad person? And in Job 31, 16 to 18, he says, If I have denied the desires of the poor or let the eyes of the widow grow weary... If I have kept bread to myself, not sharing it with the fatherless, but from my youth I reared him as I would a father, and from my birth I guided the widow. There's his justification. And I'm just excerpting this little passage there. He is referring to something that we hear again in Matthew. It's something we hear in the themes through the prophets of the Old Testament, and that's to share or be engaged in sharing in terms of the physical needs of people. Part of the Adventist commitment to sharing community services, call it what you want, is a reaching out to the world around us and a reaching in to those among us who have need. In Bible times, they're characterized as widows and fatherless, orphans, etc. But in modern times, it could be anybody It could be somebody who's lost a job. It could be the family that's divorced. It could be the child who has extreme learning needs. It could be a lot of different things. And our commitment to sharing with the world includes both the physical and the spiritual dimensions. Sharing in Scripture has uh, a component in giving. And I know you're saying, okay, Greg, time to go. No, you're not. Yeah, you are. 
You're just too polite. So I'll keep this brief. I want you to go home and read 1 Corinthians 9 and 2 Corinthians 8, and you'll get a flavor, 8 and 9. You'll get a flavor for what's going on there in terms of sharing. One of the things Paul is talking about in those passages, they're, they're related, but they're two different passages. One is his right as an apostle to share in the giving that the church does. In other words, we have this system of making things work, tithes and offerings. And that speaks to that. He talks about the privilege of being engaged in sharing of resources when it comes to helping others who don't have the same resources. And that's one of the interesting things about our our denominational structure. A church of 300 will have a pastor, and there will be pastoral coverage, at least some, provided for a church of 75 or 50. We do this in order that the gospel might be shared, that it might be grown. Now, interestingly enough, the scripture doesn't use share the gospel a lot. It talks about preaching the gospel. The good news is something proclaimed. It's something declared. It's something put out there. It's something announced. The kingdom of God is here among you. That's a declaration. But it is shared, I believe, on much deeper and more personal levels through service, through giving. It is shared by being salt and saltiness and light and not covering our light. Philemon, if you'll turn there, it's right after Titus. I always have difficulty finding it, so I assume that you might too. It's before Hebrews. I'm going to start in verse 4. Paul is writing to Philemon and he says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Well, we could all hear those words, couldn't we? I pray that we might be active in sharing our faith, committed to that saltiness and that light, committed fully to sharing physical as well as spiritual resources. The interesting thing it says is the blessing that's attached to that. Paul adds it parenthetically. He's buttering Philemon up so that he'll take back Onesimus. He says this, so that you will have a full, another word for that is complete, understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Now, those are connected. It is in light, sharing, it it is in sharing our light and being saltiness to those around us. It is in sharing our resources and our spiritual riches 
it is in preaching the gospel and in sharing of our financial resources that these things come about but most particularly it is in sharing faith that we come to understand most fully who Jesus is I know so many Christians who want to study more before they share but if you ever want to know a subject teach it and if you ever want to know the riches of Christ the fullness of those riches we're going to have to take that step of faith and be committed to sharing the good news of Jesus yes the good news of what it means to engage his family yes all of it the good news of Jesus Christ are we committed to sharing Lord for reminders of the obvious we give you thanks that you have called us to be salt and light is a calling uh, only you can make us worthy of but we give you glory and we thank you for Jesus who makes it all possible. Amen.